Welcome to the Bacatch Podcast. My name is Don, and I am Scott. Most of the time, most of the time, I feel like that pop shield is like, "Hey, there you are." All right, am I here? Yeah, oh, I just that, see my face. Yeah, it's, just, it's fine. Well, wearing. now you can probably just see my eyes, just like if I were wearing a mask. I can see your nose too, which I should not see if you're wearing a mask. Yes, that's true. I won't. Yeah, I won't say what I. Someone told me is like. Yeah, wearing a mask with your nose sticking out is like, but I'm not going to go on to what <laughs> the rest of that goes on. That does crack me up. It's like, well, why are you even making the effort? Mm-hmm. My So my son and I both have bigger noses. Mm-hmm. And we do notice that sometimes like normal everyday things like talking or uh, yawning or whatever, like we'll make the mask just like. Yeah, I got the same right problem. Up. Yeah, I do. We got those East Block noses. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's got huge. That, got that Polish nose. And uh-huh. it's just, yeah. Absolutely. Are you, what is Sulik? Is that like... Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's not Polish. It or? is Czechoslovakian. Ah. So it'd be Austria-Hungary at the time that my family came over. Ah. Um, and they were always very... So my grandpa was always very, very strict. Like he got mad whenever we'd brag about that because he's <laughs> like, I don't want people to think that we're Polish. But hey. Well, if you came at like, if you think about the time period, at least that my family came over, um, we were, you know, we we were good at hide and go seek. We played, we were uh, stowaways on a boat, Mm. but at the same time, it was during that time where, um, you did not want to be Polish. And so like World War one or two, um, it was before world war one. Oh, okay. So you were, all right. Yeah. So Poland came in after world war one. Right, and then um, when, well, it was Prussia, right? And then World prior. War Two basically made Poland a separate. No, World War One created Poland. Okay. And then Poland was the start of World War Two. So the invasion of Poland started World War Two. Okay. Uh, okay. So my great grandpa, he was. Forced to serve for Germany in World War One. Okay. I took the hat in the show and tell. Oh, nice. Um, unfortunately, that hat is lost somewhere now. Oh, bummer. He had a hat and a sword, and I was not allowed to take the sword in, unfortunately. <laughs> That's such a shame. So I was like, first grade. Like, what am I going to do? Fall and stab myself? Like, um, So I took the hat in, uh, which nowadays would probably be like taboo, because it would be a World War One German hat. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, World War II things started ramping up, so they fled and came over to the States. Okay. But I think that was pre-World War II. Yeah, it was... But he's, more... he was he was Polish. He was Rogowski. I mean, that's his, that's a Polish last name. So Sulik is actually a shortened version of what my real name is, and I don't know the real name. Sulikski? It's some something like, like that. Is that crazy? But it, it huh. part of the reason they changed it is because like apparently like my family was very like my grandpa was like you don't brag about being, um, you know, this this I guess this area Czechoslovakian right, the, because he's like people could think that you're Polish and and so it was like a really huh. a big deal that we didn't um, brag about being Czechoslovakian and we didn't care. We did anyway, but that's pretty, pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, huh. And I wish I would have gone more into why they were so against Polak, but, but or being Polish, but during that time period in America, being Polish was not a, I mean, I guess that's where all the Polak joke came from, you know? Well, now from what I, now this is coming from my great grandpa and I can't, 
lay validity on this at all or whatnot. He says dumb Polak jokes came because there was like some Nazi soldiers and they had had a whole bunch of Polish prisoners. And it, it was, you know, kind of one of those where they were like, it was like a hundred to one, like one Nazi soldier per 100 prisoners. Uh-huh. And they started shooting them and nobody revolted. Oh. Now, that's a dumb thing to do. Okay. Like it was one of those huh. where everybody just kind of, that's what he says. Okay. I, I don't no know. I'm just guessing here. I like said, he's been dead since 87. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause I had, I always wondered that too. Cause my dad, who is also part Polish would make Polak jokes. Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of a self deprecating sort okay. of thing, but yeah, it was always, you know, cause there's a Polish neighborhood in Toledo where a lot of Polish people ended up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always make the joke. My great grandpa was a good runner. Uh-huh. He went from Poland to Ellis Island, um, down to Florida. Then during the Cuban missile crisis decided, ah, forget this. And went up to Toledo. Um, <laughs> okay. so ended up settling there in the Polish neighborhood up there. Yeah. I always make the, the joke that my, is my great or my great, great grandpa was good at hide and go seek yeah. because we snuck over on a boat. That's awesome. Um, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any sneaking on our part. I think mine, my Gregor's was like, man, forget this. We're out. <laughs> oh, huh. It seems like the Germans are getting a little feisty. Let's, uh-huh. let's leave, honey. Well, it's, it is interesting. My uh, so they did a. I, I saw a census paper. I my aunt got really into like ancestry.com stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw the census paper for my grandma's birth, and her name is Phyllis. Yeah. But it was spelled really odd on the census paper uh, when they were still in New York. Oh, wow. And it was spelled like Feliz, like like F-E-L-E-I-Z or something like something weird like that. And I was like, I wonder if they, one, I wonder what her birth certificate says. Right. If that was just like a dumb census worker that was like, Phyllis, oh, how do you spell that? You know, like mm-hmm. it took a gamble or what. Okay. Or, or if it was anglicized because that was too Polish of a sounding name sometime later. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'd wonder when it when it switched or why it was maybe documented wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know they changed Sulik because of what it would sound like if they kept the full real name and oh. what people would think. Sulikowski or something. It was, yeah, like it was or, like I don't know. See, my dad, my dad's side is easier like to find because they've been in America longer. Okay. Like I went through as far as I could without paying, and I got to like the like probably late 1800s oh okay so and what's funny is i found a picture of my dad's grandpa and i had this like deja vu like i think i actually met him and i did see he passed like in 83 or 84 so any memory i had i would have been like three or four years old but i think i i was just like i kind of think i remember meeting him once like and but never really knowing who he was okay okay it was interesting but it was nothing like the genealogies in scripture. We don't have any in this episode. Right. But, but if we were New Testament. Yeah, we would have. Well, which or Jesus Nehemiah? talked. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And, and Jesus talked about genealogies. Or no, Jesus, he talked about Hosea. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Uh, Matthew and Luke documented genealogies. Yes. Yeah. I know Matthew did. And Luke sounds like that would be something he did yeah, also. Yeah, I think it's Luke, but for some reason I'm doubting myself, so I'm opening I up. I don't think it's Mark or John. Of. It's definitely not Mark. Mark didn't, Mark ain't got no attention span for that. I don't think it's John either. But Matthew does. And he's looking to see if Luke has a genealogy. It's got to be Luke. 
That's what I'd be thinking. That just seems like his writing style. Yeah. I've but, already scrolled too far and don't care anymore. All right, but speaking of <laughs> um, of um, scrolling answer. too far, we are too far in the book of Hosea to the point where <laughs> we will start over because this is the last chapter. Yeah, um, chapter 14. And then we'll jump into to probably, what, some more minor prophets? or We haven't discussed, but would Joel be next? Joel would be next, yeah. Okay, I know if we we're going in that order, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, or if we were... We're going to another minor prophet, probably. Yeah, and I maybe think by, if we go by length, I think Joel would be next. Yeah, and then maybe yeah. Judges. We'll yeah, we we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, Judges but, is the dream book for me, but I also don't want to give up on the minor prophets. Mm-hmm. But I also want to offer you guys a taste of maybe the history mm-hmm. as well as the prophets. So we've done law, prophet. We could do, do we'll some talk history. About that. Okay. Yeah, we'll so anyway, we'll talk about that offline. I would like to say we know where we're going next. We'll have an announcement. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the future. It's probably Joel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But if not, it's Judges. Right. It's probably going to start with Jay. So Joshua it is. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Joshua Jude, huh? it we're is. We're doing Jude? Oh, wait. We're Jude? OT. We're OT. Oh, yeah. So we can't do Jude. Sorry, Jude. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So 14. with that, 14. Yeah. Um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit. Um, this is not a long book. You mean chapter? Chapter. Um, how far you want to go? At all. So let's, how about... One to three? One to three sounds good. That was about what I was going to say. Big yawn. Okay. All right. So, um, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. And I don't know if I mentioned we are in chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, so I there don't you know go. if I specified that. And I'll start again. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all iniquity except what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, our God. We will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands, and you, the orphan, finds mercy. So I would say this is probably the least depressing week that we've had when it comes to Hosea. I guess chapter two wasn't bad, right? I mean, that was the... (laughs) The last time we saw happy... (laughs) No, really, this is a a turning point, for lack of a better way to put Mm -hmm. it. Um, It's just at the end of the book. Uh, So the turn happens and ends. Mm -hmm. I think all the prophets kind of follow this, this time period where things go well, then all of a sudden judgment has to happen because they've turned away from God's commands in some way. Mm. And then after that, we then see a time of restoration. And so right here, I think we see this, this, this time of restoration beginning to happen after we've had a very rough book when it comes to (laughs) Israel in a sense, playing the role of the harlot and, um, um, Hosea, continuing to take back his bride. And so I I know we start in the beginning of the book with this Hosea having a wife that continues to go be unfaithful. And yet Hosea continues to bring her back. And we see, I think that very similar thing throughout almost all of Hosea as we go through and we see um, God's people 
um, continue to be disobedient and turn away and give God the finger, and, and yet God doesn't want to fully go ahead and let her go. And, and so then, um, you know, you see where he, he comes back and, and brings her back, um, brings Israel or his people back. And, and, and I think finally we come to this place of restoration that God's been looking forward to for since chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a, a turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So what do you have from... Oh, sorry, how do we... So how do you want to progress? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, there's a, there's a few little uh, pieces in here. Uh, just so we see, um, like the 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 opening line: "Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God." There's definitely an emphasis here. Lord your God uh, is a way to help them remember, you know, God's sovereignty of who He is and what kind of authority He has over them, and you know what He He ultimately controls everything um so it's kind of like starting out with like this claim of sovereignty for i have no better way to put it Mm -hmm. that's really it really is a claim like hey return israel to the one who's actually in charge Mm -hmm. um the lord there is the all caps uh which would be yahweh so it's basically return to israel to yahweh your god um as opposed to you know like an ambiguous return to your little paltry idols kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So definitely got a sovereignty statement at the beginning of that. Um, and then for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Uh, Hebrew translation would probably better say because you have felt the consequences of your sin. My wife is texting me like crazy. Is that what all the beeping is? Yeah. I don't think she realizes what she's saying. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to stop it from making noises. So if you hear my phone going, so at some point my phone stopped caring if it was on silent. Oh, okay. <laughs> and text messages just still come through at full blast. Oh, fun. And I don't really know how to stop it. Oh. So. All right. Yeah. So with that, you will know every time his wife calls tonight or texts. It may or may not have happened after it was dropped in water. Oh. Wait, I thought they're supposed to be waterproof. They're water resistant. Oh, but not so, waterproof. Yes. Okay, so I have the iPhone before they really got super powered on it. Okay. So. All right. So don't drop your old iPhone in the toilet. Yeah, it wasn't the toilet though. It was a sink oh, full of water. Or <laughs> in a sink full of water. Yeah. I was I washing out a paintbrush. Okay. So anyway. I don't think I'd ever have the guts to take a phone out of the toilet. No, I don't get that. No. I don't. It's done for. Yeah, I time to move uh, on. All right. Anyway, so um, that would be the consequence. Oh yeah, so that would be uh, felt the consequences of your sin mm-hmm. would be a better translation. Like you felt the consequences of dropping your phone in the yeah. toilet, you would just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, yeah, so that would better translate. Uh, that stumbled because of your iniquity. Feeling the consequences of your sin would mm-hmm. probably work a little better there. But um, I'm not going to disparage my uh, ESV translation committee over the two commentators, right. that stayed, you know, um, I, I would say that they probably had a reason for saying stumbled because of, right. They had a good evidence there. Um, if you go down, do you have anything? No, I, I, I feel like it was for the most part, fairly straightforward. Oh, good. Then um, the whole time. <laughs> every, everything we've seen, I think, in at least the first three verses are fairly straightforward. It's nothing new. Um, 
once again, God is calling Israel to return. Um, it is because of their sin that they are apart from God. Um, again, he is calling them back to him. He's once again saying, well, Syria, Syria is not going to save you. Um, it's going to once again be, be God that, that brings you back. So um, you don't have anything on the unusual, we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips? You know, I actually don't. I looked into that for way too... I probably looked into that that sentence. I was going to say that study. I probably looked into that longer than I studied the rest of the book. Okay, I'm curious. Well, was, what'd you find? Because I was like, that's a weird order of words. So, it's even worse in Hebrew. Oh, okay. <laughs> in Hebrew, it says, so that we may pay bulls our lips. But there's no punctuation in Hebrew. So it could be so that we may pay bulls our lips. So what what does that mean? What 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 could that the translation or the intended meaning potentially and this is just a couple of scholars would say it this way is that it would almost be like an idiom that would say what we say with our lips is as valuable as expensive animals. Pay with so it's it's a it's a statement in the Bible saying that there's value in the words that you say, even more so than what it would cost for an expensive animal. Because we, when we go to the store, we pick up the cheap hamburger for five dollars and eighty cents a pound. We get the expensive hamburger for nine dollars a pound, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or about that. We're in Ohio. I don't know in. In Cowville, West, whatever, it could cost, you know, three times as much or whatever. It could be three times cheaper. I don't know. So, we have a special guest here looking for her switch mm-hmm. and sneaking back up the stairs like oh, nothing. It, it's oh. upstairs because I was playing Stardew Valley with Mama last night. You heard it here first. Huh? Uh-huh. Because it wouldn't work on mine. That's a good reason. <laughs> so in Stardew Valley, beef might be more expensive or less. It's probably more because no animals die in that game. Absolutely. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but in the days past, they didn't have a way to preserve meat for in a freezer for a year. Right. You know, so uh, you didn't kill the bull without reason. The hmm. bull would be an expensive animal or you're using the bull to breed or you're using the bull to plow or whatever. It was not a cheap, you know, animal. So saying here that, we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. A way to put that would be we were, what we were saying is worth, you know, multiple expensive animals. Wow. So there is great value in the words that you say. Okay. And you might want to make sure you're saying valuable things and not cheap things. Yeah, I don't know why I passed that over so quickly, but that's kind of cool. I and I was like, what did I just read? And I went back and I'm like, it doesn't mesh right. It okay. doesn't sound right. So yeah. I kept looking. So the translation committee here, I think, tried and did a decent job. Um, I probably would have worded it something like, and I'm sure that the, the state of this translation being more word for word probably played a role. Um, you know, the vows of our lips are like expensive animals or, or expensive bulls or something. But right. yeah, it's kind of a weird one. So yeah, very interesting. That's, that's a, I, I took some time trying to look into that to see what I could find and. That seems to be what the very small consensus that I could find. Was it hard? Were there a lot of commentators? Because I don't even think my commentator addressed it. I So I basically I did it like this. 
I checked my commentator. Okay. I checked a couple of online commentaries, like the Matthew Henry kind of stuff that you can get for free, public uh-huh. domain. Um, and then I started doing a strong study, which is not a good idea if you're not a Hebrew scholar. Okay. Um, but that kind of led me to a little bit more. I found, I got to tell you the site. It, it's a, a Old Testament, like it's an actual site of Judaism, mm-hmm. uh, for Judaism, like for the Talmud. It's not actually Christian in any way, which in some ways I'm suspect of that mm-hmm. because the interpretive lens could be completely different. Um, um, but on the other hand, I'm sure that the study of Hebrew there might be a little bit deeper than what, you know, maybe some typical guy in his room, you know, right. Studying for a podcast might come up with. Okay. But yeah, so I kind of did, I kind of went around like that just to try and see and get, now I have some friends that are Hebrew scholars that I, I could have asked, but I just didn't. Okay. I probably should have. Um, but I always feel like I'm bugging them. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff from this podcast from those guys. So, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. uh, but yeah, I was just kind of went around. I probably spent a good, probably a good 45 minutes looking for stuff. Okay. You spent a good amount of time on that. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, and I probably spent 45 minutes on the rest of the chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, total, I did not put in the uh, same care as I did for that statement. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, I really do feel like the majority of this chapter is fairly straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah. Syria won't save you. So there's your political won't save you. We will not ride horses. There's your military might won't save you. Mm-hmm. We will say no more. Our God to the works of our hands. Like they won't use the idolatry of their hard labor or their fruits of their labor as their excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, all that's pretty straight up. Yeah, what you so read hard. is what you get there. Yep. Orphan finds mercy once again. They're acknowledging that. Um, God has turned them over to their vices mm-hmm. and their idols. Yeah. They realize their idols are not real, so they're actually parentless. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah there's pretty... You you could go a, a shovel scoop below and probably find a little bit more, but I think, yeah, it's pretty on the surface. You just If you know Scripture, you're going to know that section of verses. Yeah. Outside of the bull. Thing. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So four through... Or five through seven? Yeah, uh, four. Oh, four. Okay, yeah. my fault. Um, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. So there's wordplay in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get that about apostasy? I, I did. Oh, no, I don't think I got apostasy, but some of the imagery, um, I got some of the oh. Palestinian-type imagery that it would be a, would have been discussing at the time. So apostasy translates literally, I will heal their turning away. Okay. Um, which we would call apostasy. Right. Uh, the whole idea, uh, repentance is actually uh, probably teshuva in most cases. Okay. And teshuva means to turn around. It's a, it's a like about face. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely for my anger has turned from them. So we have turned, they have turned away and his anger has turned from them. So there's this like word play in here once again, uh, playing mostly on the words turn and return. Okay. Uh, we just unfortunately get that English translation where poetry is not allowed and right. puns are not as <laughs> easy to throw into scripture that way. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, go on with your imagery of Palestine. Um, so Lebanon. some of the imagery um, that she talked about, um, 
God will be like the dew to Israel, um, how dew is absolutely necessary for life and growth, um, especially in, in Palestine. Uh, Palestine's arid climate. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're thinking back to a lot of what would God you or, or I guess the whole focus of, um, oh, why am I brain farting? Um, this idea of fertility and, and growth and that sort of thing. So we see God kind of providing um, that very thing that they are originally looking to bail for. Um, also, I guess do um, was later used as a symbol of God's power to raise the dead. Um, so as, as the dew grants life, God will also give, um, new life to his people. Um, in verse six, his shoots shall, his shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive. Um, like, uh, say I put consequently, they will be blossom like the large flowered lilies that flourished and spread through the desert valleys. Um, and they will send out young shoots. Um, so once again, it provides images of new life, growth, fertility, prosperity, um, all of those things that once again, they were looking to bail for. Um, God is, is providing to Israel and, and bringing about that life and that fertility um, that they were looking elsewhere for. Um, so God took that away and part of Hosea. Now he's once again giving it back. Um, the dwelling in the shadow, um, that is an image of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, God is, is that protector over Israel. Um, so he is once again providing that protection that, um, that, that wasn't there that he took away for a while. So we, we've got kind of this restoration of all of those things that, that were removed. Um, God is once again providing and, and, and giving them, and, and hopefully this will never happen again. And they won't have to write another minor prophet. Dun, dun, dun. But <laughs> unfortunately, um, this will last a short time. And once again, Israel will um, need to learn a lesson, go through judgment. And um, we will once again see restoration probably come out in another prophet. Right. Now, when, one thing with these verses here, especially like five and six, um, we see take root, spread out, be beautiful, and have a decent fragrance. Mm-hmm. Um, this also spells out a holistic picture of God's healing. He's he's saying they're going to grow, they're going to be fruitful, they're going to, you know, like everything about them is going to change into something good. Like if you go past like a pile of rotted wood, the fragrance, fragrance is not good. It's, it's a musty fungus mold smell, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, no, no, I'm going to, you know, grow you and make you like, you know, a strong tree like the cedars of Lebanon or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, commentators mentioned that they don't actually name the tree here, but Lebanon was well known for cedars. Right. And cedar obviously has like a, a wonderful smell mm-hmm. that you, you know, unless you're overwhelmed by it in pollen season. Okay. Been there. Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're walking through a cedar forest, it's usually great smelling. It's a, it's a strong tree. It's one that, you, you know, they would uh, cut down and use for building projects and so on and so forth. So it was um, very much like a holistic look at the healing and the, and the growth and the change of oh, the person. Okay. It was encompassing many parts. Got it. So got it. It okay. wasn't just like, Hey man, I'll make you guys fruitful. It's like, well, I'm gonna do that. But your like your interior, uh, beauty is going to be like shoots that spread out your exterior beauty. shall be like, you know, the olive, your, your fragrance, like everything about you is going to be renewed and restored. Okay. So, Yay, flourishing. All right. <laughs> and yeah, I'm with you. It's a dwell beneath my shadow. That's a 
almost a pastoral picture. It's mm-hmm. a shepherding picture of him, like, come, I'll, I'll hide you and shelter you from the sun and, y- you know, like, hold you, so on and so forth. Right. So. Yep. And the last two verses. Yeah, go for it. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but the transgressors stumble in them. So, not a whole lot here. My commentator said there's multiple theories on this. Some people think that like it's Yahweh in the first line, uh, Israel in the second, Yahweh in the third, and this back and forth. He thinks that's hogwash. Okay. I think I agree with him. I think it's all Yahweh. Yes. I, I don't see a call and response here. I don't either. Um, so, I mean, if you do or you have a stronger evidence. I don't. And I mean, I don't. Um, Bodkesh at Outlook.com. Yeah. And tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's not a whole lot there. But yeah, I, I like the end. Um, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in him. But transgression, transgressors stumble in them to get wisdom and to get discernment you get that from the lord so he will actually give you what you need to be wise in these things it's those that outright reject that wisdom that do not want to walk in what is right in the lord are the ones that are going to stumble Mm -hmm. so yeah that's a fun way to end that chapter yeah it really is i'll give you i'll give you what you need (laughs) Mm -hmm. to, to succeed it's up to you if not you'll just stumble and we'll be back at another prophet yep yeah. That's all. That's chapter 14. All right. It was short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. So um, do you have any overall, since we're, we're done with the chapter, we're mm-hmm. done with the book, any overall thoughts that you want to say? Any, any? Do you want to sum up your feelings on the book, how you went? And- you know, I actually um, was thinking about that, and, and I think I said, I think I ended more in the beginning of this podcast where, where I actually said more of my thoughts because I was trying to think a lot of, you know, I, I guess I always try and think of what it what is the common theme that it ultimately is resonating throughout um, a book of the Bible, whether that's a letter, whether that's a, a prophet, whether that's um, historical or whatever. And you know, it brought me just back to the beginning of the book where we started because, you know, a lot of people go, man, I I would not want to be in Hosea's boat where he's got his wife that is a prostitute and he's still got to bring her back. And I always feel like that's always a very common conversation where you bring up Hosea. But when you think about it, it's actually a very small part of the book because after chapter two, do we really ever hear about Hosea and his wife Gomer again? That I actually feel the same way with that. Uh, it, it was one of the things that, like, I remember when we were getting into the book. That's like what people talk about, like, right? Oh yeah, it, it seems to be like the emphasis on that book. And I'm actually trying to find my notes on mm-hmm. it, so I'm sorry I'm multitasking. I have a couple from earlier. But yeah, I, I'm like, man, after the first couple of chapters, there's no, we get the infidelity, we get the kids with the strange names. That's it. Right. But but as I thought about the, the entire book and I thought about the theme of the entire book, it, it actually fits really well. Um, because if you look at 
the imagery that is played through the rest of the book, you have God who I guess can relate with with the Hosea figure in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks to us as his bride um, and many times calls us back into that deeper relationship, no matter how many times we purposely, purposely, purposely go and 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 worship other gods we we are unfaithful to god in so many ways and yet god is not willing to just let us go um he continues to hold on to us he continues to bring us back and we end um jose with a beautiful picture of 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 chapter 14 where where that restoration with god um has finally come i i I think of myself and Hosea's position and I'd like to go ahead and say, you know, if my wife cheated on me, I I would, I would bring her back. Um, but if she did it over and over and over and over and over again, I don't know how much of that I could take in all honesty. Like, you know, if I'm really being honest to, to continue to love someone so unconditionally that much where they continue to like just purposely go after other um other lovers eventually i think my pride or or it would hurt or i'd be like well fine you just if this is the way you want to be then then great you know go your own way and i'll go my own way well that's in, in a sense that's what happens in this book they say we're going to um go after Baal and God says, fine, let's see what Baal can do for you. But God never fully lets her go. Um, never fully lets Israel go and always eventually continues. And, and he even says many times throughout Hosea, he's like, here's what I want to do, but I still can't fully let you go. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty amazed by that, you, you know? Um, and then we end up with, you know, a restoration at the end of the book I mean, I guess it's a great Disney fairy tale right there when, when you're thinking, you know, a happy ending, but it's, it's a real life story Hoping of happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a real life story of a God who's really not willing to give up no matter how nasty and full of rebellion and, you know, purposely following after other lovers. God, yeah, you know, there's, there's that that time where he says, all right, go see what happens. Well, and there is also, um, while there's like a passive judgment, there is also an active judgment, like portrayed in the book. So there is, a, you, you know, and I, I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but because like you and I would, our active judgment might be to like, if our wives were promiscuous or whatever, would be to like, pack up their stuff and put it out on the front doorstep and say yeah. goodbye. Like ours would not be to like drop the rocks on them from the mountaintops, you know, right. kind of thing. Um, but God has the divine rights thanks to the promises in Deuteronomy and the the terms of the covenant deal mm-hmm. to pass judgment upon them. So there is an active judgment that he talks about, but there's also that passive judgment. Like I'm going to take my hand off you and Assyria is going to come in and wreck mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm going to take my hand off your crops and they're going to dry out. Right. I mean, that's kind of a passive judgment. That would be us saying, well, hey, if that's what you want, go get it. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens to you, happens to you. Right. Um, but in God's place, 
he has the ability mm-hmm. to put inactive as well. Because so he, it, it's no. a little bit different than what we can do, but it's definitely a picture of what we our hearts probably desire. Right. And and again, I, I can only think of it from a perspective of of me. But but again, one time I okay, maybe we can be reunited, mm-hmm. but two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight times like you know, and and I would probably genuinely want her to to come back into a better place, right? But not in my house, yeah. <laughs> you know, not in my bed, and so that God still wants to continue that intimate relationship with His people. Mm-hmm. Um, Shows why He's God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and why I should never be. Um, so I don't know. That's I guess that was my thought process as I was thinking through the the totality of the book. Um, that's, and trying to figure out, well, how does it all fit in with how it starts with Hosea and Gomer? That's kind of the perspective that, that I looked as I kind of thought through it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, um, I think I came in with that sense, like I said, with Hosea and Gomer and that dynamic. And then I think I lost it Okay. a little bit throughout the book. Um, so you saying that does kind of bring it back to like, oh yeah, there is kind of that overarching uh, theme there that it's interesting that I kind of just walked past it a couple of times. But I think when we were in the midst of it, mm-hmm. I walked past it a couple of times and it was my, my trying, I guess it was, I don't know if struggle is the right word, but it was me trying to figure out how it all fit together because I felt kind of like I've got ADD, but I felt like <laughs> very ADD at times in this book where I'm like, okay, it's like a roller coaster of, yeah. but when I thought about it, it was really just a continual uh, God's people flicking them off and saying, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to purposely do my, in fact, God, what the heck did you ever do to me? What did you ever give to me? We've done it on our own, by the way, you know, and I'm going to purposely run after this other other lover. It's like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, And so as I just thought through all the different chapters we've been through, that's just kind of the, the conclusion I came to at the end, but I, I did not do a good job of keeping that throughout the book as we, we read through it. I, th- I think in, in my case, I just became astonished at the, the idea that like God is turning his people over to their idols. Um, oh, I said, I'm on the podcast. <laughs> oh. uh, I think that's the, the one thing that I really found amazing in, in one way is that it, it He's almost like, okay, I'm going to give your idol a chance to prove it is real or not, knowing outright that the idol will not ever be real. Mm-hmm. So when he's saying, hey, I'm going to tur- turn you over to Baal, and we'll see if Baal and Asherah can actually produce rain. Newsflash, they can't. Right. Uh, we'll see We'll see who you come running back to then. Mm-hmm. And then what he says is like, but you're not going to come running back to me. You're going to go try and make an alliance with Egypt or Assyria. Mm-hmm. to try and take care of you. Right. And it's going to turn out even worse for you. Mm-hmm. So it's just very interesting to me that, that I think that's like what stuck out to me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, not realizing that in a sense, Baal is one lover. Egypt's a lover. Assyria is a lover. Mm-hmm. You know, all these right. outside nations and out, all these outside people groups and these alliances. And in the end, we just read in four, uh, you won't go after the political gain. You won't go after the military gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the horses in those nations, it is kind of interesting that he's basically saying you're not going to look to these other lovers to save you, right? Uh, which does kind of draw it back in, and this is the first time I realize that it draws it back in, yeah, since 
probably chapter three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic on my part, but that's why I'm a layman <laughs> and not a scholar. Like, that's why I'm not Dr. Dan Dyke. Like, right. <laughs> uh, who is a, a, a professor we had. And probably one of the smartest men that I've ever known and yeah. humble. Here, this is a... This is why we are not FF Bruce. There, yes. There, yeah. uh-huh. or, or fill in the blank, uh, you know, uh, Douglas Moo. Right. Fill in the blank scholar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why we're not those people. I should try and throw some names people might know. Right. Kanye West. That's why you're not. Yeah. That's why I'm not Kanye West. Because I don't have the sick beats. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I guess that would conclude Hosea. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that you probably could look forward to a Judges podcast and another Minor Prophets podcast. Um, no big announcements right this second. However, I'll make a big giant splash of an announcement when we figure it out. All right. Absolutely. Either we'll record a little ditty or we'll maybe we'll get that stupid YouTube channel up and running. Yeah. I got a few ideas we'll talk about. Oh, okay. I, I actually. I actually went behind your back and talked to a couple of people. Oh, okay. Don't be angry. Ouch. You won't behind be my back. Here okay. We okay. Well, I want you to do it too. So we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Cool. So yeah, whatever. All right. Good deal. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, right. thanks for listening. Oh, did you have more? No, no, I'm good. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll uh, tell you what's coming up next. And I hope Hosea was a blessing for you as it was for us. Uh, I'm amazed. That's the most in depth. I, I mean, I've, I've read through Hosea, but mm-hmm. I've never studied it. Yep. And I honestly read through it for a Bible reading plan. I didn't even read through it for uh, to know more about it. It was pretty pathetic. So it was nice to study it and kind of dig in deep on it. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And um, if you have not already uh, heard the Deuteronomy podcast, highly encourage that one. Um, it only took us almost three years to study Deuteronomy. I, did, I think I told you I had a friend that recommended it to he is a pastor he recommended it to one of his uh, church members uh-huh. and he texted me back he goes did it really take you guys three years <laughs> yes it did uh, yeah but you can download it all at once <laughs> like you don't have to you don't have to do it over three years right you can, you can as you're and you're like you know it's only 40 hours of <laughs> whatever it is but whatever yeah well actually we, 26 and 26 and 54 wow <laughs> no because it was about what 50 some episodes yeah you could listen to it in three days yes if you didn't sleep <laughs> so with that it's a great podcast yeah you should, you should check it out so yeah thanks again guys we'll talk to you next time all right bye-bye